We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Thursday. That's Ryan Roberts. I'm Brian Driscoll. And Ryan, it is time. It's been a, a crazy week. I apologize to everybody for uh, just the, the the insanity, but I, I know that most of you are very understanding of kind of what's been going on and everything that's going on. But uh, mom's back home, and she's actually in the other room right now getting work done because she's very stubborn and hard-headed. You all know where I got it from. Uh, so she immediately got right back to work, but uh, we're, we're going to knock this show out today that I'm heading back north to the uh, to the main headquarters of Irish Breakdown and we'll be ready to to rock and roll with our, our big mailbag tomorrow. But today, Ryan, we're going to talk about Notre Dame keys to victory in all phases of the game, and then we're going to make our game predictions for Notre Dame against Central Michigan. And it's a it's a very intriguing weekend, Ryan, because there's some some potential records, a, rec- a record that could fall this weekend, which I'll talk about. And also, it's an opportunity. It's your last tune-up before what is going to be the the I would argue the biggest home game Notre Dame has seen in a in a, I mean decades. And, and I know Clemson twenty twenty was a huge game if there was an audience there, which there wasn't. I mean, that, look, the reality is that the the crowd being there changes things. It just it just does. But this is a huge game. This is a, a program defining game. But this game needs to get handled correctly against Central Michigan leading into that game against the Buckeyes next weekend. And so the focus of our keys to success today, Ryan, will will be things that are, are relative to Central Michigan, right. but also things that it's geared towards getting yourself right as a team going into next weekend. Because, Ryan, I, I, I know we agree on this. You don't have to play great going into a big game. I mean, could go through this list of all these games where a team played like, you know what, before they had a big game, and then they went out in the big game and played well. But for this Notre Dame team, I do believe they need to have some really good momentum going into next week's game so their confidence is sky high, and I think that's going to be a very important piece to bringing your A game next week against the Buckeyes. Well, well Brian, it's funny because when I did my my compa- – my- matchups articles this week it was basically it was whole it was kind of pegged as was yes i'm i'm focusing on 
what Central Michigan does well. The few good football players that they have, by the way. I mean, we'll talk about when we get to the defensive line. Actually, there's a couple of really nice Central Michigan players that we'll be able to talk about, right? But ultimately, when I looked at this football game, it's about making sure the negatives in your game is alleviated or the positives continue to be strong going into Ohio State. There are a lot of microcosms, I think, that Central Michigan brings to the table that you can take with momentum into the Ohio State game and feel better about certain situations and certain matchups there. So while you're not playing a team that is nearly on the same plane of of competition as an Ohio State, I do think that this is a get-right game and and get-right game for multiple positions and a a tune-up, I think, is a great way to phrase it. This is a game where... If you come out feeling good about one, two, three different areas, potentially, right? And that's just a, a random number. I think you feel even better about going against that, into that game against Ohio State because there is an opportunity, I think, to match up against some good football players in Central Michigan that could help transcend into the next game and to really push it forward. So, yes, you have to have Ohio State in mind. It's not a look ahead, but you have to understand that we need to work on these several things. All right. Because Ohio State is going to be able to exploit this if we don't get this working correctly. Right. Like that won't be what the coaches are saying, but I would imagine that's part of what's built into what they're they've done all week. You you don't say, hey guys, like everything you just said and I just said about tune up is a hundred percent right, but it's not what you say to players, to players that you're focused on Central Michigan. But as a staff, you're looking ahead and you know, like, guys, if we want to beat Ohio State, USC, Clemson, Duke, Louisville, teams like that, we've got to we've got to do a better job here. We've got to do a better job here, there, in this other place. Right. And then you focus on those during the week of practice. Because if those things – if you focus on those things that will help you beat Ohio State, then guess what? They're going to obviously help you beat Central Michigan. And we're not talking about run this concept – run this pass play, run this defensive scheme. That's all geared towards beating Central Michigan as, as much as you can. It's more about developing aspects of your program, and those right. will be what we focus on in the keys. And so when we talk about that, it's not like, hey, you think this play is going to work against Ohio State. Let's practice it against Central Michigan. No, that's what Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is for, right? It's about, hey – we've got to get this part of our team hasn't been playing great, or we've been struggling with this part of the game. This thing has been happening. So let's make sure we're really focused on building that part up in this game. And that's what we'll focus on today in the keys. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. So we'll start with the offense, Ryan. And there actually are uh, what, what we saw last week against NC State was twofold. Number one is, as we tried to tell people all week, that's a really good NC State defense. Yeah. Is it as good as last year's? No. Is it still very good? Yes. There's a reason I see a bunch of NFL scouts on Twitter. Uh, not NFL scouts. You know what I mean? NFL draft people on Twitter this past week, just raving Dave and Pam because he played really well. I see people I'm like, holy moly. Hey, Wilson. Yeah. Yes, yep. because they played very well. And and we tried to, to tell you, look, there's NFL players on every level of this NC State defense, and they looked like it. And Notre Dame still went out there and had 456 yards of offense. And, you know, and and had about 180 more yards of total offense before that last drive against Notre Dame's backups and and controlled the action outside of well, I think what did I what I have in the article this morning, Ryan, or yesterday, it was Notre Dame led for is it over 48 minutes of the game and had a double digit lead for over 36 minutes of the game against NC State. And at one point their biggest lead was 31 before NC State put that last touchdown on the board. But what NC State also exposed is there's still some things that Notre Dame needs to get better at early in the season that Tennessee State and Navy weren't good enough to not expose, but but make clear that Notre Dame is still a work in progress like everyone else is. You know, Because I'm watching people on the board kind of go crazy, but I mean, they only rushed for 170 yards, ignoring the fact that NC State only gave up 100 last year. Yeah, but they lost some really good players. Okay, true, but they. But if you take away that eighty-yard run, and my response to that was, if you take away the eighty-yard run, that means Notre Dame still had nine fewer yards against NC State on the rest of their carries than Georgia had the entire game against Ball State. Because right. if you take away the eighty-yard run, Notre Dame still had ninety rushing yards against NC State. Georgia rushed for ninety-nine against Ball State for the entire game, right? So guess what? You know who else is still a work in progress? Every other team Everyone. in college football. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Yep. But the, but the good thing about games like that is, Ryan, is because you did play a defense, you did play a nose tackle good enough to say, hey, you got to clean some stuff up. You did play linebackers athletic enough to say, hey, you got to clean stuff up. You can get off that twist and pick up the Tennessee State kid, but you can't pick up, you know, Peyton Wilson and these other kids. And you know what? When Tommy Eichenberg brings that next week and Steel Thomas brings or Steel Chambers brings that next week, you're going to need to do a better job. And that's where it's at. And so those are, to me, the focuses on on the offensive offense this week and the number one is getting back on track this is an offense ryan in the first two games of the season was i mean just as efficient as you can be from a drive possession standpoint i mean sam hartman in the first two games led notre dame on 12 drives 11 of them ended in touchdowns and the only one that didn't ended in a missed field goal well, against NC State, your first drive of the game, your first three drives of the game, you don't get any points, and you really don't go anywhere, really, with your first three drives of the game. And then they kind of got back on track, and then they had their moments where they were good and then you know not so good, and some of that was NC State making plays. I mean, props to NC State f- for those, but you know, once, they finally, once their name finally got rolling, Ryan, they were able to kind of go out there and, and, and be a little bit better. If you look at the um, – the, the touchdown in the second into the second quarter, Notre Dame went touchdown and then second half punt, touchdown, fumble, punt, and then touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then in the first half, it was punt, punt, field goal, touchdown, punt, punt, miss field goal, touchdown, punt. So they weren't nearly as efficient from a, a, a possession standpoint as they needed to be. Part of the reason they scored so many points in this game is because surprisingly, there's a lot of possessions in this game. Yeah. Right. I mean, Notre Dame had, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They had 16 possessions, really 15. The the 16th was that last run the clock out drive. So 15 possessions in this game because they had so many three and outs. It was basically either score or three and out is basically how it went for Notre Dame in this game. And, uh, you know, those are areas where they got to get better. So I I, want to see this team get back to being really, really good out of the gate and get back to that. Hey, be efficient, get the offense going, put this team away early, and just have that mindset of we come out of the locker room on fire. That's going to be very important next week, and I'd like to see them get back on track with it this week. Well, I think there's a mindset thing that happens with teams, right, Brian? I mean, like last week, I think that you can chalk it up to a slow start against NC State, right? There was weather, there was a delay, like there was just offensively you were a little stagnant. a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a stagnant starts. But if that happens two games in a row, right, then you start thinking in the back of your mind, like, oh, man, is this a trend here? Like, are we right. just not good at starting football games off? And it might sound silly. Well, I don't think anything. It does sound silly because when you go against Ohio State, when you go against Clemson, when you go against some of these better teams on your schedule, the USC's of the world, you have to start fast. If you're playing from behind all the time against USC and Ohio State doesn't mean you can't win but it also means that you have a worse chance of winning, right? Like it's just easy math there. So I really think that this is a, this is about the psyche of a football team. In my opinion, this week, I really think that it is, you want to feel good about yourself going in to the biggest game of your season up until now. You don't want to feel like, Oh man, we're slow starters for some reason. And, and there's a, cause there's a mental block that could happen. Even if it's just yourself telling you those things. Right. So I think that this one is one where, 
the things that you didn't do well against NC State, you want to fix those things this week because you don't want that to become like a recurring thing of like, oh, man, now you have to think about that in the back of your mind. Start fast so there's no questions. Like NC State, just a bad start to that football game, man. That was weird. That was an anomaly. There was bad weather. There was lightning. Like, just weird. It was a weird, weird, weird football game. Don't let that become a recurring issue because I think that that's when players really start hyper-focusing and thinking too much. And you know, as a coach and as a player, you don't want to think too much on game days, man. You just want to go out there and react and play ball. And that's what I'm focused on this week is I just want these guys to play fast, play efficient, and get off to a fast start, 100%. The good news from last week's game, Ryan, and the defense helped with this, is the offense finished strong. And they scored touchdowns on their last three possessions of the game. Now, it helped that the first touchdown drive was 33 yards. The second touchdown drive went 16 yards. And the last touchdown drive only went or went 54. But you kind of finished with some nice rhythm. And I've always felt you know, like this week, Ryan, you want to play good four quarters of football. Because you. one thing I hate is when you have a good first half and then you kind of – you got a big – big lead and then you come out in second half and the other team forces a couple punts and then you pull the starters and you just you lose all that momentum right the good thing about last week is they didn't start well there was weather in the area there was predictions that the game was going to not start and you had two hour delay and when you really look at how they kind of handled business coming out of the 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 delay they started to show more signs and there were some missed opportunities within those those drives to maybe get a little bit more and some of it was NC state making plays, but they did finish strong. And so it'd be nice to kind of see that momentum continue into this game. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Number two. This is more of a prediction about what we're going to see from Central Michigan. Because you and I talked and you weren't able to, to do the Tuesday show with me. That was on me because I couldn't go in the afternoon because of everything going on uh, here and so I, I was able to get Vince to do the show with me at night. But you and I had kind of talked before the show, and we we were break, you know talking about Central Michigan and talking about what we saw and some different things. And and they they are a very vanilla defense. We just you and I discussed that they don't do a ton. I compared them to the Charlie to the the Ty Willingham era of Notre Dame staff, where they were really good teachers of fundamentals. I think this Central Michigan team is actually a pretty fundamentally sound football team, uh, but they're just not real creative or exotic or you know and they just kind of line up and play ball well the problem is their players aren't good enough to win that way this current roster of players isn't good enough to win that way but this that's also exactly what we saw from tennessee state rob akey is a very experienced defensive coordinator he's been in the nfl for a long time he's been a head football coach before at idaho that was when idaho was a division one team before they moved back to the fcs level 
this guy's been around for a while. He knows we can't just line up and keep Notre Dame under 60. I mean, if they just try to line up and play their base defense, Ryan, Notre Dame will score 60 on them. I mean, they, right. they just they just will. Rob Aiken knows that, just like well, the defensive Brian, coordinator for Tennessee State knew that. I was going to say that they just did that last week against New Hampshire. We gave up 42 right. points, right? Like, exactly. if you're going to do that, there has exactly. to be some – I won't say exotic, but like you have to be more creative. There's going to be a lot of wrinkles, man. Right. Because all due respect, and we'll talk about a couple of their players obviously through this, but like the middle linebacker is a good football player for Central Michigan. But if I'm, if it's just basic stuff and him having to stop Audric Estime in an A or B gap every play, taking Audric Estime nine times out of 10 to win that matchup, right? It's because he's a better football player. So I agree. You cannot have a vanilla game plan defensively against Notre Dame this week because. All due respect, New Hampshire is actually a really good FCS team. Yes. They got some really good football players, a good quarterback, a really good running back who set a, a NCAA record with 295 yards receiving. Like it was, was fantastic, nuts. right? But Aldrich estimates Sam Hartman compared to Max Brosmer right. and the, uh, Dylan Lobb for New Hampshire, right. right? Like we're talking about a different caliber of football well, player. Yes, yeah, so you cannot even, be vanilla this week. Even inside, Ryan, it's like, look, you, you and I – when we were kind of discussing the the personnel that they have, both of us were like, number 10 is a, a good football player, Jacques Bristol, right? Yes. If you just have Jacques, Jacques, Jacques Bristol just line up and play, this is your gap, he's going to get beat up by Pat Coogan and Zeke Carell and Rocco Spindler. But you know what he has over them? It's really quick. Yes. You know, he, he can, and, and, and what has given Rocco Spindler and Pat Coogan and the interior of the Notre Dame offensive line problems? Quickness. Tennessee State did it, uh, playing a lot of those those line games and second-level games where they're slanting D linemen, bringing linebackers over. They're doing, like, cross dogs and all this other kind of stuff. Tennessee State didn't show a lot of the stuff that they had on film. They just right. they hadn't shown that on – or the, what they did against – they hadn't shown on film because they knew this is the only chance we have. And Central Michigan, I would say, is very similar structurally to what Tennessee State is, you know, 4-2-5 and, you know, cover one, cover three, and – there's a lot of similarities in how they go about their business. Well, Tennessee State knew they couldn't do that, and, and Central Michigan will know that as well. But they're going to be doing it with better players, at least in the front seven. I actually think, I actually think Tennessee State's secondary matches up pretty well against Central Michigan's. To be honest with you, I think their corners are. Uh, you and I have talked about this. Those are those are. I mean, to me, at, at least MAC level corners for oh, Tennessee Harper State. Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. And I like the Dante Kent kid, but the Phillips kid to me is every bit as good, if not better, in my in my opinion. And we and we saw it against Notre Dame. But the front seven, this is a much better talent and and size and athleticism than what Tennessee State had. So it'll be an even better test. I just assume they're going to bring a lot of stuff, and I want to see the offensive line handle that because you know Ohio State's going to bring that because that's who they are. That's right. a part of what Ohio State does. So we need to see them do a much better job of handling those pressures picking up the line games, opening up run lanes. But more importantly, we've seen Sam Hartman get pressured a little bit too often from from those line games the last couple weeks. And I want to see this offensive line and these running backs and the coaches kind of do what they need to do to make sure Sam Hartman gets some clean pockets. Because if he does, Ryan, this is a not a very good pass defense. Just structurally, their safeties are not – their safeties are pretty decent run defenders – they're not as to me. They're not as good. This is you may disagree, and if you do, feel free. Yeah. But if I'm building an all-opponent team, and mm-hmm. I can only pick between the secondary at Tennessee State 
and the secondary at Central Michigan, I'm taking the secondary at Tennessee State, to be completely oh. honest with you. And and Josh Green's better than any safety that yes. is on Central Michigan, in my opinion. They are good downhill run defenders. They can't cover. And their nickel can't cover. And their rover's basically a linebacker. Their corners are good football players for that level, but they're not they're not guys that should be running with Notre Dame's players. And there there will be opportunities for big gains in the pass game, but not if Sam Hartman's under duress. And Central Michigan knows it. Notre Dame knows it. Now we need to see that they can do it. That's that's the the next big key for me, Ryan, is handle this stuff. And if they do, this offense should have a pretty big day. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the three best players, in my opinion, on Central Michigan are all in the front seven. I think that Bristol is a good football player. You already mentioned the defensive tackle. He's number 10. I think that number 22, Kyle Moretti, is a good football player, obviously. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle linebacker, number 22, 6'2", 245 pounds. And I think the Robbie Stewart kid, the nose guard, yeah. is like a really physical football player. He's not incredibly yeah. talented, but like he's like Mac version of Kurt Heinisch for oh, them, right? Of like, he's just like physical as heck. He's going to work his butt off. And honestly, two out of three of those kids, they're going to be downhill players and really try to create a lot of impact, you know, in the backfield. That's what you're going to see from Moretti. That's what you're going to see from Bristol. And again, like we're, we're, I'm trying to transcend this into the next week, Brian, like not looking ahead too much, but like you're about to go against Tyleek Williams, Michael Hall and, you know, and Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Like that's a much different animal than what you're playing this week. So you need to handle business to show that you're training in the right direction, because that's what been one part of the last two games. The interior offensive line, especially against NC State, was not great. It just wasn't right. Like it wasn't, it was, I mean, everyone hyper focuses on Pat Coogan and I get it, but it was, I mean, Rocco had a rough day against NC state. I would, I graded Pat Coogan out higher than Rocco on Saturday against NC state. They both had problems, but, but Rocco now I thought Rocco in the second half was a lot better, but he had a really rough first half. Yeah. Like, really rough first half and even Zeke Carell had a couple where he got he got got you know what I mean like he got got a couple times against CJ Clark so yeah man you need to make this fix not only just from the the from the small scope from the microscope of beat Central Michigan stay undefeated go to the next week but then the next week you're gonna need an even harder difficult task of stopping a much more talented defensive line and linebacker group so Mm -hmm. those are the three players for me though Kyle Moretti Bristol at defensive tackle number 10, and then Robbie Stewart at nose tackle. Those are the kids that are just kind of pesky inside for them. They actually rotate a kid in inside too that's a nice little player for them. Uh, But it's all in the box though. It's all like right in the middle of the box, Ryan, which is exactly what we're discussing. That's where the issues have been for Notre Dame for the most part. Now, Blake Fisher has not played well the last two games. But I have always felt if a right tackle struggles, there's more I can do as a coach to protect that. I can chip, I can do different things, I can move the pocket, I can put a tight end over there, I can have the back help out. If I'm getting beat up the middle, there's not a lot I can do. Yeah. Except, I mean, there's just, well, except nothing. There's just not a lot I can do. Right. So I want to see that part better. And, and here's here's key number three for me, and this is a big one. There's, there's, the receivers have not been what I had hoped they'd be so far. They also are not as bad as people are making, some people are making them out to be. They're kind yeah. of in the middle. But to me, in the middle is good enough to beat NC State. In the middle is good enough to beat Tennessee State and 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 uh, and Marshall and and Central Michigan. If the receivers just keep doing what they've been doing, they, they'll they'll be four and zero and they'll they'll be impressive and 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 set the record, which I forgot to mention. I'll mention here in a second. 
but I want to see the receivers kind of go off a little bit. I think that unit as a whole just needs a confidence boost. I think Tobias Merriweather needs a confidence boost. I don't think Jaden Thomas needs a confidence boost, but I do think he needs to kind of get back on track after a rough first, a rough game against NC State, at least in the past game. I thought Jaden was very good on the perimeter in the run game, which just says a lot about his mindset that he was not having a good day in the past game. And Ryan, you know, you and I both know there's a lot of receivers that if they're not getting the ball or if they're dropping passes and they're having a rough day, you know, he had the miscommunication with Sam. He dropped the goal route. It gets in their head and it affects the whole part of their game. And then Jaden comes out from the break and just 25, 30 yards downfield, just dominating a corner, spring, helping spring Audrick lose. That's the difference between a 30, 40 yard gain and an 80 yard touchdown. It's that block right there, which is fine. But to beat Ohio State, you've got to do that and you've got to make plays in the pass game. I'd like to see Chris Tyree get a little bit more involved in this game. Like they've got a play here, a play there. They've spread the ball around a lot, which is great, but I would really like to see in this game, Ryan, the receivers be featured a little bit more. And sure. then they need to step up and play because I, I do think these corners are quality players. At least Dante Kent is. He's a quality player, he just lacks speed and great size, but he's a he was an all-Mac player last year. You know, if you beat him, that's a it's a nice tune-up for you. I mean, he's not Denzel Burke, he's not Jordan Hancock, he's not Davidson, whatever his last name is. And and uh, you know, but but he's a, he's a good tune-up. I want to see these receivers be more of a focal point and then step up and make those plays at least in the first half of the game. Yeah. To me, that's a key for me. That's that's the group that needs the biggest confidence boost heading into Ohio State, in my opinion. What's your biggest mismatch? I mean, you already said it. The pass defense for Central Michigan is not good. I mean, it's just not, right? I mean, even with a one-quality corner, it's still just a unit that has struggled to stop good passing games. I mean, folks, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it one more time for everyone. Max Brosmer, who's a really good FCS quarterback for New Hampshire, threw for almost 500 yards last week. He threw for 490-something yards against Central Michigan last week. That's not by accident either. It's not just like a one admiration, like they weren't prepared for New Hampshire and this kid went off. Like, no, they just, they made a lot of plays in the passing game and Central Michigan was not able to counteract that result that they were bringing them, right? So I think for me, it's on paper, it's Notre Dame's biggest mismatch from a from a just talent level perspective. I think that there's going to be a lot of wide receivers open. I think that Sam Hartman has shown that he can deliver and, and make big plays. It's just about the first key kind of builds into this one, which I know that we work on this, right? But is that the offensive line needs to handle that interior pressure, give Sam Hartman a lot of time, because if he does, kids are going to be open. And from there, it's about Jaden Thomas, Tobias Merriweather, Deion Colsey, Chris Tyree, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, making plays, right? Finish plays, finish, finish, finish in the passing game. I, I would be shocked if Central Michigan was able to hold down this Notre Dame passing offense. Like they just have not shown the ability to do well in that area. And I think Notre Dame needs that confidence boost. And I think they will get that confidence boost this week. Certainly needed, Ryan. And and if they do it, if they do the things you and I are talking about, then they're going to get 40 plus points in this game. I mean, that's that's that 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 should be a given. If they don't get the 40 against this team, that's to me, that's a little concerning because either A, the offense didn't maximize it, or B, the defense allowed Central Michigan to go on a lot of long drives, which ate up the clock. That that would be that would be a little concerning to me. And if Notre Dame does get to at least 40 this game, Ryan, it would be the first time since 1900 
that Notre Dame has scored 40 points or more in each of their first uh, four games of the season. And I've pointed this out before, but here's the schedule of that 1900 team because I had a guy on Twitter the other day saying, well, you know, it doesn't count because they played an FCS school. So let me just point out the last time Notre Dame scored at least 40 points in the first four games of the year. Opponent number one, Goshen High School. Opponent number two, Englewood High School. Opponent number three, South Bend Howard Park Club. And then opponent number four was Cincinnati. Now, here's a here's a crazy stat. You want to you want to hear because, you know, stats from the back then, Ryan, were always kind of really weird because, you know, like yeah. one week, you're, you know, one week, I think it was like in 19, one of the like 1910s, there was a game where Notre Dame scored like six points and like the week before they scored like 92, you know, because you're playing like some medical group or something like that, you know, but the first four games of the season that year, Notre Dame's slowest point total was 55. They scored 55, 68, 64, and 57. They scored 244 points in the first four games, went 4-0. In the last six games, they went 2-3-1, and one, and they scored a total of 16 points. They lost 6 to nothing, tied 6-6, to because they played real schools. They played Indiana, lost 6 to nothing. played Beloit, tied 6-6, to played at Wisconsin, lost 54 to nothing. played at Michigan, lost 7 to nothing. And in the last two games were against Rush Medical, game they won five to nothing, and Chicago Physicians and Surgeons, and they won five to nothing. That's the last time Notre Dame started a season with four four games at the beginning of the season of over forty points. So, and look, I don't care. You can talk you can talk to me all you want about the schedule. When you're doing something that has not been done since nineteen hundred, I don't care who you're playing. That's quite an accomplishment. There's more. Notre Dame, and, and I went through this, Ryan, and I went started in 1887 and went through every season to make sure that this was correct. There are – Notre Dame has has scored 40 or more points actually in four straight games if you go back to last year, the bowl game against South Carolina. If they score 40 or more, it'll be the first time in program history that Notre Dame has scored 40 or more points in five straight games. So – that's, that's quite an accomplishment, in my opinion. So that's what's kind of on the line. Now, that doesn't mean that Notre Dame is going is a team that for sure is going to go out there and, you know, win a championship. But it does show that things offensively are certainly trending in the right direction, Ryan. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Now, you know the last time Notre Dame scored 40 points in a, in a, in consecutively in a season? You know when the last time that that was in for 19, four straight games? 1930. 1996. Actually, oh, it was a yeah. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz did it twice. Okay. Uh, before then, it hadn't been done, Ryan, since uh, I think it was the 30s, actually. Got it. Okay. <laughs> prior to that, uh, were f- four games in a row. But in 1996, Lou Holtz did it twice. Uh, I, I believe the 1940, the 1900 team, I believe, was the previous one that had done that. But Lou Holtz did it twice, once in 1991 and one in 1996. So it was in Coach Holtz's last year's the last four games of his of his regular season career. They scored 54 on Navy, 48 on Boston College, 60 on Pitt, and 62 on Rutgers. It's the last time that happened. And then in 1991, they did it, and they did it. Uh, of course, that was a team that had uh, a guy named Jerome Bettis, Reggie Brooks, some Decent Rick Myers, players. pretty pretty good players. Yeah. They scored 49 on Michigan State, 45 on Purdue, 42 on Stanford, and then 42 on number 12 Pitt. And then before that, it was 1900. Now, there have been a lot of teams that did it three times in a row, but not a lot that did it four times in a row. So Notre Dame 
has already done that. But if you look at it for in just in one season, this would tie that record. And then they would, if you if you're someone who believes you only count records that happen within a season, that's fair. That means they'd have to score 40 against Ohio State to keep that record going. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I hope so, man. Fingers crossed, but I don't see that happening, man. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, but um, maybe it's like we went back to the old, old, uh, the old uh, overtime rules, but uh, I, I don't see that happening. But uh, yeah, can well, always what, wish for my, thinking, right? My only other record book question would be which, which quarterback of the past that we have forgotten is Sam Hartman going to pass this week on the touchdown I, pass record? Like, you know, it's Luke funny? Falcon. I was yeah. like, oh, look, um, nice. <laughs> I'm actually going to look that up because uh, where's he at now? Is I that wonder like 123, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if they have, uh, if, um, if they have updated this on on uh, Wikipedia, it does not look like they have updated this. Let's see here. So let's go Sam Hartman. So they still have him. They have him at 13 to 2018. So they haven't uh, they haven't updated him since the first game. So what does he have? Do you know what he do you know what his numbers are through the first three games, Ryan? Isn't it 751? Is it 731? Let me let me go look here real quick. I think he's at 731. He is at 731. Yes. So he is at um, 13698. So Sam Hartman is currently, uh, he passed in the last two weeks, he's passed Colt McCoy, mm. um, Corey Robinson from Troy, Philip Rivers, Brett Rippon. I didn't know Brett Rippon threw for that many yards. Sean Mannion, Mason Rudolph. And the next person in front of him is Holton Allers. Allers, yeah. Yeah. So if he so and then ahead of him is Rakeem Cato from Marshall. Oh. So he needs let's see here 13 927 is where he's at now. So that's excuse me that's um that's where Holton Allers is and then Rakeem Cato's at 14 uh or 14079. So he needs what would that be 230 yards basically to pass Allers Allers so 230. Nice. I think he gets that. And then he would need um let's see that's 302 79. He'd need 382 yards to pass Rakeem Cato in this next game. That might that might have to so, wait for Ohio State, but we'll see. Might have to, yeah. <laughs> now I'll tell you this, if he does throw for that many yards in this game, Notre Dame's going to have almost 50 by halftime. It's going to oh, look yeah. like the USC <laughs> Stanford game from last week. Right. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we'll see how that one goes. But yeah, he should be in place to to to, and that would move him into uh, looking at the all time list. That would move him into eleventh. Passing Holton Allers would pass, would put him into eleventh. And and then passing touchdowns is what is he still tied? For, is he still tenth now, or is he ninth? I forget where he was with passing see, touchdowns. So. Yeah, because he's at he was at one hundred and ten, mm-hmm. and then he um let's go up here real quick. So let's see touchdowns. That's yards. Where's touchdowns? He was at 110. He's what at 120 now, so he's 10th all time. He passed Luke Falk this last week. Yep. If he throws two touchdown passes in this game, he'll pass Aaron Murray and Ty Detmer. If he throws four wow. touchdowns in this game, he'll pass them plus Landry Jones, and he'll be in seventh by Man. himself. I, I always forget Landry Jones was like that prolific of a, of a yes. production player. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Landry Jones. Uh, no, he actually he actually was hurt that game. I was gonna say uh didn't I'll say didn't Landry Jones have a 
uh, a win over Alabama, but I think he was actually hurt. That was the year. That was the year before they did that with the who was that running quarterback that Oklahoma had that could not throw. Ended up just, but he had he just went off against oh, Alabama Trevor in twenty thirteen. Yes, Trevor, Trevor Knight. Knight. Trevor Knight. Yeah. Do you remember that Trevor Knight went off on Alabama yeah. in twenty thirteen <laughs> in that game? Yeah. And there's all this hype about how good he's going to be, and he was terrible. terrible. Yeah, terrible. The next he year, could run, he could run Yes, he could. Yes, he could. He had an okay year when he transferred to Texas A&M. He was okay, but he just he wasn't much of a thrower, man. But he was really athletic, really yeah. athletic. But um, yeah, but so that's kind of that's kind of what's at stake for Notre Dame this weekend, Ryan. And as we talked about, Sam Hartman's just going to keep keep moving up those lists. He's at uh, what did we say, 120. 120. He would need he needs 12 more touchdowns to have sole possession of first place, or excuse me, fourth place. And he needs uh, see hundred twenty. He needs fifteen more touchdowns to have sole possession of third place. Okay. So yeah, the uh, it's very possible he's going to be second when it's all said and done, especially with the start that he's had ten and only four three games. Right. Getting to the number one spot is going to be very hard. Case yes. Keenum threw for one hundred fifty five. He'd have to throw forty six touchdown passes this season yeah. uh, to to get that mark. And um, you know, if you if you look at it, he's averaging over three a game right now. If Notre Dame plays thirteen games and he stays on the current pace he's at right now, he'd only throw forty three. Now, if they uh, if they play now, here's the interesting thing, Ryan. If he stays on the current touchdown rate and Notre Dame plays for the national championship, he'll pass it by one. He would, wouldn't that, wouldn't, yeah. you would have to make a movie about that, man. <laughs> that would be a movie. That would be a movie. Yeah. 